Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hello, America, and happy Friday. Yes, we're heading into the last full weekend of summer, the weekend before Labor Day. And you're probably already thinking about beaches or maybe kids going to school. Or do I slip in one last vacation? Or how about do I just slip another one of my favorite Kansas City steaks on the grill? All those are good questions. And I hope you make the right choice on all of them. But before you get there, let's give you a little food for thought going into this weekend. We've all seen the change in weather, the more intense storms. We hear a lot of really graphic, over-the-top predictions about America. But listen, at the end of the day, there is something going on in our climate. There is something going on in our weather. There is something going on in our atmosphere. And whatever it is, we should go in with clear eyes and we should get real data. And we can't have an honest debate in America if only one side gets to offer its doomsday scenario. And the other side, which has lots of good conservative scientists, sees something slightly different. It's not unlike what we've been going through with COVID, right? Well, today we're going to bring in Patrick Michaels. He's a senior fellow at the Center for Energy Environment at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. That's a think tank that is free market driven. Now, he is an expert on climatology. He sees some of the changes in climatology. Now, he doesn't see it in the doomsday terms that maybe an AOC or an Al Gore talk about, but he does see what he calls lukewarming of the environment. And he's going to give you some data, some data points, some ideas, because whether you're conservative, independent, liberal, we all have to address this. And at some point, we can't just have the right called climate deniers and the left called climate extremists because we'll never get anywhere in this country. Ronald Reagan cared deeply about the environment. He signed a treaty that had a profound effect getting rid of the ozone crisis in America 40 years ago. He was an outdoorsman. Donald Trump put together one of the greatest conservation pieces of legislation in American history, preserving land and water in ways that had never been done before. It doesn't get talked about because it happened between two impeachments. But there is a lot of things that conservatives have done for the environment, a lot of things that liberals have done for the environment. But there is different analyses of the data. There are different pathways to trying to get America to a lower carbon economy, which I think everyone's fine with. But we don't want to put everybody out of work. We're not trying to race the oil and gas industry. 
At least most Americans don't want to do that. They want a rational way to get there. And I think Patrick Michaels is going to bring that in this conversation. He's the former Virginia State climatologist for not a few years, but for 27 years. And he has a lot to say. He's dealt with the UN climate change folks. He has been on the public stage. He's won all sorts of awards. He's highly respected. And... He's joining the show right at this commercial break. So let's do a quick uh, word from our sponsors and advertisers. When we come back, Patrick Michaels, climate change, a different take. Maybe not the one you hear in your mainstream media, but an important thing to think about as you head into this weekend. What a great interview coming up. Patrick Michaels right after the commercial break. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, someone who has been on the front lines of science and the climate and the economy for a very long time. Uh, and uh, he has a great perspective on climate change, a little bit, probably a little bit different than what you might read or hear about on mainstream television. But uh, Patrick Michaels is a senior fellow at the Center for Energy and Environment at the Competitive Enterprise Institute, a true expert. And he has carved some really important points for whether you're conservative, liberal, how we need to look at this debate about climate change. Uh, Patrick, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be with you. It is an honor to have you. And um, first off, you've had an amazing career. And, and a lot of times conservatives don't get any credit. Uh, they get picked on or uh, they don't know anything about the climate. They don't have any science. But I mean, you've had extraordinary uh, uh, interaction with you know, the top scientists in the world, the top policymakers in the world, the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Uh, just to start, could you introduce yourself a little bit just about some of the things that brought you to the forefront of this debate? Well, I was appointed to the faculty at the University of Virginia in uh, December 1979, and then uh, state climatologist for Virginia in in the next year. Wow! Obviously, what that's going to do is that's going to get a lot of attention. Uh, the university liked the fact that I had a lot of contact with people um, outside of the university, and you know, I published a bunch in the scientific literature, and it became apparent to me that this warming issue was likely to be a real, but also likely to be overblown. Hmm. In other words, 
human beings have something to do with the warming that occurred since, say, from the late 1970s roughly to the late 1990s. But they don't have everything to do with it, and it's relatively small. So I think we ought to use the term lukewarming. <laughs> that's a term I haven't heard, yeah. Change. And that's because that's really what the atmosphere is doing. And I, I just ran across a paper um, a couple of days ago showing that weather-related damages uh, around the planet, and this is using the data, da- data from um, Munich Re, which is a big reinsurance company. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They have, they have a global set of, of damage figures. And since 1980, they find dramatic drops in damage per capita or deaths per capita. It's not going in the direction that everybody thinks it is, and it's actually changing really significantly. More important, uh, the more affluent your country is, the less damages you suffer and the fewer deaths that you suffer. So it would seem to me that the best thing to do about lukewarming is to encourage economic growth because people adapt to that quite well. And now we have our friends at the United Nations coming out with their sixth climate assessment report. Uh, The last one was 2014. Uh, And what they do is they uh, cooperate with the U.S. Department of Energy, which for each of these reports collects climate models from around the world. Right. Uh, under the same conditions, so they can be intercompared. So the latest version is the coupled model intercomparison project number six, or CMIP six. Well, everybody knows that the CMIP five models, which were the basis for the 2014 UN report, were making tremendous errors at altitude in the tropics. Uh, there's Supposed that they all predicted what people call a tropical hot spot uh, should develop, and it didn't. So the amount of warming that was predicted in the CMIP-5 models for 2014 in some spots in the tropics is seven times what's being observed. Not seven-tenths of a degree, seven times what's being observed. Okay, great. So now the scientists go back and run their new models, new improved models, uh, for the CMIP-6 study. And what happens? It gets worse. The the CMIP-6 models, in general, are hotter than the CMIP-5 models, and the CMIP-5 models are already making this error with too much, with too much heat, heat in them. So it's very untrustworthy. And actually, to its credit, uh, the U.N. does bring up the fact that this seems very strange. Good for them. But it also tells me that these computer models aren't ready for prime time, i.e. planning our economy. Uh, and the more it's admitted there's a problem, the more someone withstanding who is harmed by uh, these environmental policies uh, is going to be successful. That people standing are going to be you and me because it come, becomes more expensive to heat your home, more expensive yeah. to drive your car. Drive your car, right? Buy your food because energy costs go downstream as well. Yep. So there there may be some fuel there to ma- mainly finally put out this fire in this new report. I will say what everybody reads 
something called the Summary for Policymakers. It's pretty much climate porn. It has one of these hockey stick graphs in it, one that I've never seen, where, you know, the temperatures don't do much for a couple thousand years, and all of a sudden they shoot right up. Well, that's because you're comparing two different sets of data. And uh, the tree ring data that's used to estimate previous temperatures, it's just not very good, okay? Wow, it's amazing. Now, I've heard you argue that the newest report, the sixth assessment report of the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, would fall under any cross-examination in court because there are so many flaws and exaggerations in it. I know the people who believe in climate change, they rally around reports like this, but walk us through, just as a, this is a neutral scientist, because that's really what you are. You see facts and you're like, hey, wait a second. So walk us yeah. through some of the reasons why the IPCC report, which is the gold standard for all the climate change advocates, why there is some reason to be dubious or, or to see exaggeration in, you know, maybe otherwise good intention people, but exaggeration that, that might drive us to make bad decisions. Well, we have to start at the previous one. CMIP-5, because it made these huge errors over the tropics. As Ross McKittrick and John Christie have shown in a recent paper in the peer-reviewed literature, the CMIP-6 models have generalized those errors to the entire planet. Nobody really knows why. Uh, There are some stories going around. So you have models that can't predict. But what do you do to to, to assume a future? Well, you could use a model that works, and there is one. Uh, Out out of all 102 or however many runs there are, there is one that seems to get it right, and we need to call a special prosecutor because it's the Russian model. And the Russian model has less warming in it, or the least warming of all the models. So that's what you would do if you're making a forecast using best scientific practice. You don't take all the models and average them up and say, aha, that's the forecast. No, you take a look at the ones that are working uh, or the one that's working, and that's the one you base your forecast on. And if we did that and used the Russian model, what you would wind up with is what has been happening, which is a lukewarming world, not a disastrously warming world. Isn't that amazing? And uh, so why, let me ask you this question, because there are some people that will argue that over time we may see similar exaggerations in the COVID data. There'll be lots of different things where we look back. Science in in, in moments of emotion, it seems like science science can get stretched. Uh, How is it, what's the motivation? Why is it that so many people want to use the most worst case scenario to, to, to inform the public, when in fact, maybe if we calmed it down and we agreed, we'd get a lot more consensus on things we can do today, tomorrow, and the next day to improve a situation, because no one wants the planet to get warmer, no one wants the environment to get worse. I love the outdoors, I drive a, a hybrid because I think it's a responsible thing to do. I own a cabin in the wilderness, I love the outdoors. I don't want to ruin this earth. So why all the extremism? Why does everybody always want to grab the worst case scenario, even when lights are blinking, saying that's not right? Well, it gets a lot of attention. And remember, the scientists who write or who wrote the sixth assessment report are all, and I mean the word all, selected by their governments. Hmm, That's a bad sign. That tells you that governments have visions, they have biases, they have agendas. 
And so the people that were selected to do this will, are probably likely to be con- consonant with those agendas. So that's one reason you get the emphasis on the extreme. Uh, the other emphasis is the extreme pays. I mean, if, if the Russian model is right, and it looks pretty good from this perspective, uh, you have a very modestly warming world, but it is nothing. And good Lord, if, if that were adopted, we basically would not have all these models, and the, the you know their practitioners would have to go back to flying and coach. They'll never have that. I mean, gonna, it becomes a cottage industry, isn't that really the truth? Once once you if you can create a big enough crisis, you can get paid to be an expert on the crisis. I think it's more than a cottage industry. I think it's a skyscraper industry. Now. <laughs> good point. I stand properly corrected. You're right. It is. Now, I want to pivot to something because, you know, Ronald Reagan loved the outdoors. Most conservatives I know love the outdoors. They're outdoors sports enthusiasts. Uh, No one, despite the portrayal of people that uh, were uncaring, garbage-loving, pollution-insisting Americans, there is a lot of things that we could do responsibly to try to improve the situation, make the environment, even if it's not extreme global warming, we could make it better. When do the... Do, do you what do you see as an opportunity for conservatives to change this debate? Right, well, we can debate on the statistics, but then I think coming up with credible alternatives to to make the environment better without uh, you know shutting down entire industries and throwing tens of thousands of people out of jobs, or like we just did, shut down an American pipeline and make ourselves dependent on OPEC and Russia uh, uh, and the world on Russia. Uh, where can where conservatives begin to make a smart? argument that they have a plan to address this that doesn't kill the economy? Well, I suggest that the plan to adjust is to continue doing what we're doing. It's very clear that there are fewer weather or climate-related deaths as the planet's surface warms slightly. That's because uh, greenhouse warming tends to concentrate itself in the winter and at night. And really? winter mortality is much greater than summer mortality. That's a good one. Part two is we're making the earth greener. The amount of greening caused by simply putting CO2 in the air is pretty spectacular, but there are other things we're doing too. Uh, There's uh, nitrate deposition and land use changes. If you are in the southeastern United States or southern United States, it used to be open kind of farmland. It's not because it became uncompetitive to farm this area compared to the Midwest, so it has all reverted to a forest that pretty much resembles a jungle. Uh, That's good, too. But the coolest part about the greening is you can map around the world where it is the greatest. And the greatest greening is occurring in the South American tropical rainforest, the African tropical rainforest, and the tropical rainforests of East Asia. These are the people, places that people were wringing their hands over. Well, they're getting more and more lush as we speak, and probably more and more diverse. So when you ask me what we should do, I'm kind of tempted to say, well, uh, if fewer people are dying, the planet's a greener place, and agricultural productivity continues to go up, not linearly, as Malthus would say, but exponentially. It's been going up exponentially for decades seems to me we're not doing such a bad thing. What do you think? 
That's such a great point. I don't think any of those statistics or trends are, are in the current debate. It's as though they're completely just excised from the debate. When you look out now, and you know we've got an all-democratic town in Washington, they want to try to get some form of the Green New Deal in, whether it's in the infrastructure plan or infrastructure in $3.5 right. What is the next couple of years going to look like in the climate debate? And for those who want to do a responsible but not catastrophic response, like kill the economy, what are the best mechanisms, what's the best defense policies, what are the best ideas to soften this and to get consensus where we can all agree that we can do some smart things without ruining the economy? Well, one thing I would do is I would certainly not make it more difficult for fracturing of shale to produce natural gas. You know, when, when we burn natural gas in a power plant, it produces less than half the carbon dioxide uh, per ton that you get from burning coal. And that's the main reason. Oh, yeah, a little, a little commercial for the, the USA here. Yeah, but, uh, but it's true. Country, what country on Earth has dropped its emissions more than any other? It's the United States. And that's because... We switched so many coal plants to natural gas fire for electricity. So that's, that's one thing you can do. You could also, you know, you can continue to work on the notion that we really don't have very reliable replacements for fossil fuels. You know, the wind doesn't blow all the time, and, and the sun's below the horizon half the time and near the horizon about 30% of the time. So those sources of energy are simply undependable yeah, they're intermittent, and require backup, uh, probably from natural gas, I would hope. Those are things you can do. Now, you're not going to drop your emissions to zero, and if Joe Biden uh, is with the next U.N. climate conference in Glasgow in November going to propose some net zero thing, just like Boris Johnson did in the U.K., that's just not so. We're not going to be a net zero emissions country in 2050. And Biden would, says he would like all our electricity sources to be non-emissive by 2035. That's called dreaming. Yeah, it's just not, it's not achievable, right? At. Yeah, it can't happen. No, it's not. Yeah. yeah. Sounds great, but it's not, not plausible. So what good is a not plausible plan, right? That's the, that's right. the trick. Let me ask you about something that I, I'm mystified. Uh, as I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, and you know, nuclear energy was a you know mm-hmm. zero emission thing that everyone liked. Even I think Jimmy Carter liked. Everyone liked it. Why isn't nuclear energy more in the debate? We have smaller, safer nuclear reactors. Other people are expanding nuclear energy, and America's getting out. And if we have any, the plants are 40, 50, 60 years old. California's about to get rid of its last one, even as, yep. it, take, even as it can't meet its current electricity demand. Why is nuclear energy not in the plan more? Well, perhaps people aren't being very reasonable. The very same people who wring their hands more than any others about global warming when you say, well, okay, you know, we could actually run a lot of our society on nuclear, they won't have that. So, oh, no, we can't do that. And, and so, why, though? What is what? I mean, what makes uh, we have, we've had hardly. Irrationality. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. We've had more drilling accidents in the Gulf than we've ever had at any nuclear power plant. Now, we've had a couple of catastrophic nuclear power plant accidents, right? One in Japan, one in Chernobyl. But overall, it's had a much better safety record than other forms of energy. So, where do the 
when do uh, uh, what can someone who says uh, wow that's unsafe how do people push back you just got to push back with facts and say hey if you want energy that doesn't contribute co2 in the atmosphere you go for nuclear power i noticed some of the more prominent voices on the green side are beginning to say this and they're really alienating (laughs) their buddies yeah like uh well, they see the problem, right, which is all that solar and wind. It's too intermittent, right? You can't have continuity. Yeah. yeah. Schellenberger and Bjorn Lomborg and all these right. guys are, are saying, hey, you know. Time to wake up. And I, I'll say this, too, and I've done many interviews where I, I say that if I'm talking to somebody and he's really concerned about climate change and I bring up nuclear and they say, oh, no, we can't have that, I know that person's not serious. I know that person has got an agenda and these policies are not going to work. It's just amazing. Well, there is such an opportunity, I think, for rational conservatives and Republicans to create an alternative that is just as green and clean and appreciative of the environment without having to knock out 30, 40% of our energy sources and put millions of people out of jobs and, and leave the economy in our tatters. And do you see anyone on the conservative side capable of rising up and saying, I'm going to be a green, common sense Republican? And Americans will realize Republicans or conservatives have a plan, too. Is there anyone that you look at right now in the political scene that could fill that void and, and make a, a counterbalance to the, you know, the very in vogue climate liberals who own the debate right now? Well, no really prominent name comes to mind on that side because they're out of power. Yeah, good point. Literally. But that's probably not going to be the case after the 2022 election. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, history would tell us that that's not going to be the case. Flip. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, the goings on in Afghanistan, yep. maybe are going to peel off a couple of Senate seats, also. Yeah, such a good so point. The, the whole the whole power dynamic is going to change, and yeah. then I think some people will emerge. I can't say who they are uh, to counter this Green New Deal stuff. So, yeah, but but they are desperate to get that Green New Deal or something like it. They feel now. a sand clock is running out, don't they? It is running out. And it's a political it really sand clock. It's not that the world's running out of time. It's it's that the politics, that this game is getting it called, that, that it's been a game of fake extremism that a lot of people got rich on, well, even though all of us want to make the environment better. I mean, I'm all for the environment being better. I want my grandkids and great-grandkids have a great place to live, and we can do that without destroying the economy. But some people got rich making the dire prediction, and it's something. Oh, sure. Patrick, this is such a fascinating conversation. I'd like to keep this going. I'd like to make this a regular conversation. You you are truly one of the experts, and you know, you're very, you're, you're just plain spoken. There's no alarmism. There's no partisanship about you. It's about just look at, let's look at the facts and get right on this. And and I, I think this is a conversation I'd like to keep this podcast having. hope I can get you back on in the, okay. in the coming months because um, yeah, it's an interesting that. debate, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You got to me through Competitive Enterprise Institute. I did indeed. Correct? I did. Okay, well. Just go through there. Well, they're a They'll tremendous uh, tremendous resource for all, all of us journalists in the world. All right, Patrick, we're going to let you go, and I'm going to go take a quick commercial break. All right. Hope to see you again. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. 
Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. All right, folks. I hate to say it, but it wraps up another week. Boy, I had a lot of fun this week. What great guests. What great conversations. Yeah, it's the dead of summer, but you know what? We had some really great people who gave us a lot of energy, a lot of thought, a lot of big pictures. I think about what we talked about with Afghanistan, what we talked about going on in our schools. All of it's relevant. The new school year starting. The Afghan crisis is still unfolding. And in the meantime, we ought to be thinking big thoughts too, like how do we make the world a better place that we hand on to others? We can do so without destroying jobs in the economy, without having insane predictions that never come true. But listen, we can address warming and we can address carbon and we can do it in a way that's methodical and smart and good for the country, good for our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and not have to destroy whole industries, whole cloth. There is a simpler, better way. And you heard Patrick Michael talk about it. Also, there's some different data that takes the extreme language to a different place, still concerning, but it gives you a sense of time and policy opportunity that maybe isn't in the equation today. That's why we bring guests like that on to force you to think, to learn about new things, and then you make up your own mind. That's what we're here for. All right, it's weekend time. Crack open a soda, have a iced tea on the back porch, throw a Kansas City steak on the grill, and enjoy this great weekend. It's one of the last ones of summer of 2021. What a summer it's been, and what a fall it promises to be. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday with more news from the John Solomon Reports podcast from... You got it. Just the news. God bless and have a great weekend. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience 
and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.